what's going on guys welcome back to the channel Tavares here I feel like this is a little bit loud hopefully it's a little bit better in your ears but if you're new to the channel like subscribe share comment whatever whether you're on YouTube Apple sending out to all your friends uh, but just coming back to you guys with another episode and like I told you guys since being back my my goal isn't polished we're just talking about dating I want to talk about Christian living in general obviously we'll touch on relationships in the episodes um, but I want to get you guys back um, want to get back to engaging with you guys um, if you're new we have a book it's also called Godly Dating 101 where we talk about the lies that the the world and culture and society tries to give us about relationships and we present the word of God. So if you're a person who feels as though I'm not dating, I don't need it. Well, someone in your church is, someone in your family needs it, someone, maybe one of your kids. So do all those things. Pick yourself up one at amazon.com or hit the link in the description box and you will see it. Any who's, yeah, let's just talk. Um, so today I want to talk a little bit on today's podcast on how I believe um, the church has been failing men. And this is not, um, you know, a shot at my church or your church or a specific church. I'm talking about the church in general, the large body, people who consider themselves Christian. I think a lot of times in the past, we failed men. Um, and I think one of my goals, you know, if I wasn't in school, I would have done a lot more targeting men um, on a podcast this year. And I know that would have dropped our numbers because our audience is predominantly women. Women want to hear all this about relationships. But I don't believe relationships work with just women. You know, maybe ungodly relationships, but the men have to be whole in order to know how to pursue, lead, uh, be spiritual, be a foundation, all those things. So, you know, that's one of the approaches I want to take. So I want to go a bit out on a limb, you know, and say that the church has been failing men. Um, and a lot of you may have some great resources at your church. So let's be clear. I'm not saying no church is doing the right thing. I'm just saying I feel as though over the years when you examine how men look in the church, nine times out of 10, your church is heavily, uh, predominantly women compared to men. Um, prayer services, predominantly women compared to men. Uh, people actively engaging in things, predominantly women compared to men. I feel as though at some point we have to realize maybe we're doing something wrong. We have so many women that follow our page and they want help and they want advice. And it's just like, I'm trying to help the men as well. Because now we have a whole lot of women who who are taking all the necessary um, tools and preparing themselves for marriage. But then the men aren't ready. And that's when it's just like, all right, well, how do we go about <laughs> you know, navigating this with a whole bunch of women who are getting ready for marriage and a lot of men who are not trying to get married, you know? So it's just like, it's a little problematic, but we can honestly see even times in the scripture where men were overlooked or let's just dive in, you know? So the woman caught in adultery, right? The man brings her to Jesus and, you know, they throw him down at Jesus' feet. And it's just like, hey, the law says someone caught in the act of adultery needs to be stoned. Um, this woman, we called her an act. It's time for her to be stoned. And, you know, Jesus never really um, told them, hey, you shouldn't, or made it seem as though what they were saying was false. But what he did was he told them, if you don't have any sin in your life, 
I want you to throw the first stone. So what we see is Jesus taking a bold stance because we see people are so quick to judge the woman. And however, when Jesus looks back up, there's no man there. All the men are gone. All the men decided, whatever, you know, okay, maybe I got some sin in my life, right? But it shows us a couple major problems with this situation. Like, so we see that Jesus tells them, hey, if you don't have sin in your life, go ahead. You can throw the stone at her first. Um, but we see, number one, this woman, they brought this woman to him, but they didn't bring the man she was having sex with, right? They didn't bring the man she was caught in. If she was caught in the act, that mean there was someone else there, but they only brought the woman. Um, and then it also mentioned the men who wanted to stone her, they had sin in their life that they never repented of, which is kind of odd to me that how quick we can be to send someone else to hell knowing we have sin in our lives. How easy it is for us to judge everybody because our sin hasn't been exposed. You know, I heard a preacher say recently, you know, we need to thank God for having mercy um, to not expose us because of God. God forgives all of us on a daily basis for a lot of foolishness that we partake in. But some of our nonsense, I know me personally, I don't need nobody knowing some of the stuff I've done. Uh, because you ain't going to listen to no podcast. You ain't going to listen to me speak. You will never trust me to preach. You will never listen to any advice. You will never believe I have your best interest at heart. Because God has delivered me from a lot of things. And is still delivering me from a lot of things that a lot of people would judge you for. You know, so I want us to be clear. I find it problematic that this woman was brought, you know, from her act of adultery and they left the men. And that shows me something that's been happening since the beginning of time. The church is doing a great job. Let me, I mean, maybe I'm saying it wrong. Religious people, because God's church is, God is coming back for a church that is spotless. God's not coming back for petty people who attack people, but religious people do a great job of holding women accountable and excusing men. You see, those religious men, they were ready to stone her, but they were not holding the man she was caught in the act of adultery with accountable. And that's, that's a problem. Why is it that we feel as though the woman needs to repent of her sins, but the man can be excused? And that happens constantly in the church. We often excuse, and bear in mind, I've been sat down at church before, not even because of something I've done, something they thought I did. I was taken out of ministry for a few months. Hey, you're still going to be here. You're still going to, um, you still expect you have prayer, Bible study, service, everything, but I'm not in any type of leadership role. Took me out of media department, um, took me out of uh, the choir at a time. Um, I can't remember. I feel like I was a little bit and everything. But the only thing I was really allowed to do was go to church, prayer, you know, all those things. So they held me accountable because they thought something was wrong. And in today's day and age, you can't hold people accountable without someone claiming the church is judging them. The church is too judgmental. And I believe a lot of women, you know, they've ended up in the shoes that I was in. And while, while they were in sin. Maybe they got, you know, had sex out of marriage and woman got pregnant. The woman, because you see her belly growing, she's held accountable. She's rebuked. She's corrected. Everybody's judging her. People are looking at her sideways. But the man who assisted in the baby making process gets the pat on the back. It's all right, man. You see a lot of men in church 
where everyone knows they're sleeping with the entire church and no one is doing anything about it. No one is correcting anything, but the moment the woman is found out to be doing that, listen, we're going to blast her on Twitter. We're going to tell all our, our, our messy group chats. We're going to, and it's so easy to bash women. And it's crazy, and it's not me catering to women. I, I refuse to pander to women on this podcast. And that's why a lot of people, I irk their nerves because I'm going to call out the women after after I do my maybe part one and part two or just this episode. I'm going to have to talk about the women as well. I hope the women don't unsubscribe before then. Uh, but the fact is, a lot of times men are held accountable. Um, men aren't held accountable. And we see that even in the case of um, Eli, the priest, he has two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. And the Bible makes it clear that Hophni was not, uh, both of the children, they were taking the sacrifices that people were bringing in for God and they were sleeping with the women in the church. So not only were you stealing what belonged to God, but you were violating his daughters. God had a problem with that. And while Eli, you know, he wasn't pleased with it, Eli didn't respond I guess in a way that God would be pleased with, because God made it clear that he he had a problem with their lifestyle. When you get a chance to read First Samuel, uh, I think that's First Samuel chapter two. Um, but God had a problem with that, and God killed both of those those boys because of that. Now I want you to see that men were thinking that because of the position they were in in the church, that they could sleep with whoever they wanted in the church. They could sleep with women and still do ministry. They could be inappropriate and still function as a priest. God has a problem with that. Not that you can't make a mistake or not that God doesn't know the mistakes you're going to make in the future. But it's the fact that when we willfully choose to continue engaging in relationships that God isn't pleased with, then it shows our blatant disregard for the scriptures, our blatant disregard for God being holy. And I'm not just speaking to you, I'm speaking to myself. I can't decide, man, you're going to be making podcasts talking about purity if I'm not striving for that myself, you know, I'm not saying I've ever done a podcast knowing, oh, my heart is pure and I'm perfect. No, but there has to be a lifestyle that we as men, we strive for if we want to be used by God. And I get it. Everybody doesn't. I'm assuming most people listening to this podcast are Christians because I would have bored you away by now on this type of topic if you weren't. And I would assume you do want to please God. So I'm not, this is not something that I want you to take lightly but I want you to see that these men were being inappropriate in the church and God held them accountable. So that's what I want to talk a, a little bit about. I won't make this episode too long, but there are a few things that men are lacking in the church today. And the first thing I want to talk about is accountability. We lack accountability in the church today. And I feel as though, man, I don't know if you guys ever been in, you know, Pentecost, Apostolic, Holy Spirit, Phil, type church, or just have people in your church who not just pray the little cute prayers. Thank you for this day. Lord, bless me and keep me. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Not those little cute stuff. I'm talking about tongue talking, holy rolling, you know, born again. You know, those people that be praying till it's like your voice change and they, they pray like they got asthma because they're kind of preaching with it. And it's just like, I don't know if y'all had those type of people, those parents or those people in your church, or maybe you that pray like that. But I remember a prayer meeting that we would go to we had Sunday morning, Sunday evening service. And before our Sunday evening service, um, we would have a six o'clock prayer. So service started at seven. Um, I hope you guys stay with me and I'm not boring you telling this, telling these type of stories. But six o'clock service. 
And it's like we've just been there praying. Whatever the leader is, I've got placed on her heart, or she'll probably designate someone else to to um to lead the prayer. Whatever God lays on their heart, you know, they speak on that, they they lead the prayer, show people how to pray. You know, but anytime it felt like you had sin in your life, you didn't want to go there. Because because you didn't have to reveal anything. God was going to tell them, you know, and it was just like, there was no way you knew who I texted, what I said, and X, Y, Z, and the person that would be leading, they wouldn't blast you, in a, but they would say exactly what needed to be said for you to realize that God showed it to them. And I, I, I won't give the, the exact example, because this one... Um, it might be inappropriate, but there was a time where a woman made it clear. She said, you guys need to cut the relationship because somebody in here is doing X, Y, Z, and the next person is doing X, Y, Z. Those two people knew about it. They never came back. Within a couple of weeks, we found out that couple was already pregnant, and God was showing them ahead of time. You know, But it's the fact that when people are praying and when we're connected to God, we understand that there's a certain level... I don't want to say a certain level, but there's a certain amount of accountability that comes along with the connection to God. It's a relationship. You know, it's not a matter of I have to obey this amount of scriptures, I have to read this amount of verses, I have to go to this amount of services, and then God will be pleased. That's not how God works. But at the same time, the aim is we're in a relationship with God. So if you're actually in a relationship with God, then you have to understand God has emotions, He has feelings, He wants you to live in a way that honors him as God, you know? And it's like we have to be careful that we don't get to the point where we take our relationship with God for granted because I believe in the church we lack accountability, whereas there are people that are able to do and say whatever they want and no one can say anything to them. I have an episode coming out soon talking about the stars in the pulpit that we have. Whereas we idolize and we place these men and women of God on a pedestal that no matter how much sin they're in, everyone ignores it because that's the man of God. Oh, that's the number one podcast. Oh, he's anointed. Hey, I love her content. God doesn't care anything about her content if they're ungodly. Let's make that clear. You know, but there's a certain amount of uh, uh, accountability that's lacking. Whereas you see so many people, they're elevating, they're elevating, they're soaring. But God isn't with them. It's their charisma that's taking them to the top. It's their personality that's taking them to the top. But God isn't in the middle of any of that. God doesn't care about your personality. I've seen some preachers, there are times, and you guys know I've been publicly against certain um, preachers and artists. On this channel, if you never heard me mention on the channel, it's because it's probably only said via Patreon, um, we would get in depth on, you know, stuff on Patreon, <laughs> but, but there were times when I would realize, say, uh, someone is impactful to you, say you like Tavares's music, I won't say any artists, but then when you see Tavares's page, you're looking like this, Tavares is posting some ungodly, some, some kind of vulgar things, like that's, that's inappropriate, you shouldn't be dressing like that as a man or woman of God, you shouldn't be showing that as a man or woman of God, X, Y, Z, and then when you comment to say, hey, I think that's a little inappropriate, they say, oh, I knew the religious people was going to say something. Oh, I knew I knew the holier than thou was going to say something. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants you to feel as though if you stand for holiness, 
that God, that obviously you're not on God's side. You're just a Pharisee. You're just a critical spirit Christian. You're just, you're just criticizing everything. You never have anything good to say. And then they give you these quotes and no one criticizes you who's doing better than you. And it's like, at some point we have to realize that God has a standard for the church. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. I feel as though people keep forgetting that God doesn't care about your title. God doesn't care about um, how people view you or how famous you are or any of those things, you know, because the Bible, I, I was trying to find it in James. I'm not sure um, the exact chapter, but I believe it's James chapter two, where the Bible makes it clear that we shouldn't strive to be teachers. Not many masters is what the Bible tells us. We shouldn't strive to be teachers because you're going to be held to a greater condemnation. Meaning if you want to be used by God, you're going to be held to a higher standard. I know you may think that's not fair. Everyone else can get away with it, but I can't because you are not everyone else. If God is destined for you to be different, you have to understand that God wants you to be to live different. I feel as though because of godly dating, because of the podcast, I've struggled with sin more because of ministry than I did before it. Not because... Is something that I want to do, but I feel as though because I take a bold stance against sin, I take a bold stance against certain things, God allows me to go through the test to stand to 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 allow it to refine me so my character can be so I can stand on my character when I preach these messages. And that's still a work in progress. You know, but I want us to understand that God is not trying to have us as Christians who who can't be corrected. The Bible says in Romans 14, 12 that all of us are gonna give account to God at a judgment day. James 5 and 16 says, confess your faults one to another and let them pray for you so you find healing. A lot of us, we don't mind praying for one another, but we don't confess anything. We don't lean on anyone for help. We don't ask anybody anything. But the Bible makes it clear that that's where the healing is. We have to be willing to lean on other people. We want to put on our mask of perfection, but God isn't playing our facade. God, the Bible tells us that iron sharpens iron. God wants to place people in your life to help you get to where you need to be. If you are the most spiritual person in your circle, you are in the wrong circle. You need people that are pushing you, challenging you, telling you, you, you are better than this. You can do better than this. And we are not tolerating the lifestyle that you're currently living. If you don't have those people in your life, you're not going anywhere. You'll never progress. You need those people. And I'm not talking about people who will just publicly condemn you and bash you and, you know, insult you, stuff like that. But Galatians 6, 1 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So we see that God wants us to have the ability to not only to uplift others who have fallen, but have people in our life that can lift us up when we fall. And you can't do that if you lack accountability. And I believe a lot of men in our churches lack accountability and they're just doing whatever they want. 
And I want you to understand that if God didn't play that in the Bible, he's not playing that now. The Bible says, be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. And I'll just mention one more thing um, that men lack in the church today because I'll probably have to do a part two on this. And I'm contemplating bringing on a guest in regards to this. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I believe a lot of people, they spend a lot of time investing in others. You buy everyone gifts. You, you do things to make sure everyone else is taken care of. But a lot of times we don't take care of ourselves. We need to learn to invest in ourselves Whatever your self-care looks like, that's not something that you can allow to be optional. I know a lot of people, they shy away from therapy, but therapy has been known to help people with a lot of coping skills. It's been learned to help people walk in peace. And as believers, you know we strive to walk in peace, and I know that God is our Prince of Peace, but sometimes you need an outlet. And that's what therapy is. It's someone that you can lean on, that can assist you in the middle of any trauma or struggles that you may be going through. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash godly and try to get te- to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash godly. But the second thing I want to say, I'm, I'm all up in the mic and I'm making all these mouth sounds, I'm sorry. But the second thing I want to say is men lack passion over things that matter because there have been times where I've gone to church and guys are just like arms crossed arms folded you know back row don't really care you know God is good now they'll pay offering they'll give a little tithe they might amen with the preacher but when it comes to their favorite basketball team or the the, the Super Bowl is on the playoffs are on and you know, the Heat are about to win. Hopefully, I didn't speak a prophetic lie. I'm believing that the Heat are going to win. <laughs> but we'll be screaming at the top of our lungs over basketball players who don't know us, did not die for our sins, do not care about us, have not donated money to our churches. They'll, and some of them will be like, oh, I thank God for allowing me to get here, knowing they're not talking about the God of the Bible. They, they're talking about their idea of God. And then we'll scream for them and we'll be silent in the church. The devil's a liar, man. We won't show up for prayer, but we're playing video games all day at home. We're diligent on our job. Oh, yeah, I got to provide for my family. But then you're not diligent when it comes to personal devotion. You're not diligent when it comes to giving to the church or giving to people in need. You're just focused on building your own kingdom. The problem is the church has allowed men to get away with being... um, passive over the things that matter. We should be having our prayer meetings filled with our men. And the church has given them a pass. We should have men dying to take on the role of pastor. You know how many people still argue over women pastors? Should they or should they not? We won't even be having this argument if men were where they should have been. If men were willing to run after the call of God that he may have on their life, we want to have questions over who's going to start that church or who's going to do this ministry. Can I have somebody clean here? Can I have somebody serve here? Are, are there any godly men left? We wouldn't have any of those questions if men were passionate over things that matter. You see, a lot of men are passionate over sex because their hormones are their God. You know, they're not thinking with, with, with the brain up here. They're thinking with something else. They're not thinking according to the spirit. They're thinking according to their flesh and their our carnal desires. And the church has allowed that. 
a man full of perversion, but you didn't you didn't correct him. You didn't sit him down out of ministry. You didn't tell him, hey, the lustful comments you've been making to the sisters in the church is inappropriate. You didn't tell him that. You only told him um, to stop doing what he was doing when you found out it was of the same sex. You see, we get passionate over correcting sins that we don't approve of, not about correcting sin in general. And I believe that's the problem that God has. God has a problem with men who should be leading, and you're still too immature to do anything. The Bible made it clear that if a man doesn't work, he's worse than an unbeliever. Meaning, bro, if you're if you're a lazy dude, bro, God is saying you're already worse than an unbeliever. What type of man are you if you're not passionate about what matters? And too many men aren't giving 100% and our families are suffering because of it. Our churches are suffering. Um, our, our young children are suffering. Because no matter how amazing a woman is, no matter how amazing a mother is, she is never going to be a dad. She can never be a father. So we need godly men that can step up and teach men what it is to be a man. Because growing up in the hood, listen, you know who was our example? Lil Wayne. That was our example. You know who was our example for some of these kids growing up? Right? I don't even know who's popping right now. Future, the dude who has several baby moms, or these rappers that kill talk about killing people. It's like you have to understand that if our men were passionate about what matters, they'd be passionate about raising godly boys in a church, teaching our children the things of God, teach not just asking women to work in a nursery, but you should be passionate about helping children grow in the knowledge of God as well. So that's what I'm saying. We have to give we have to give 100% for, for things that matter because I believe men are finding their worth outside of Christ. Because you're not passionate about what God wants you to be passionate about. You're finding your identity in the money because you're listening to these people tell you what a high value man is. Listen, bro. No, no person dead or alive can tell you what a high value man is except the man Christ Jesus. He's the only high value man there ever has been. And he's the only man who we have to strive to be like. You can make six figures and be a bum. You can be... You can do whatever it is people are telling you to strive for and not go to heaven. God wants you to pursue after what matters. And we have to stop rewarding our men for doing a bare minimum. Hey, bro, you showed up to prayer today. Oh, I'm so proud of you. No, you should be expected. Well, I don't know if I'm speaking as a... People probably think I'm speaking because the way I talk, maybe it's like towards only the ministers, but no, I'm talking about the men in general. You're a husband. You mean to tell me you're a husband and you're not praying? Bro, we suffer when we don't pray, man. I suffer when I don't pray. I'd be ready to curse. I'd be ready to lust. I'd be ready to argue. I'd be ready to rebel. You have to be passionate about what matters. I have to be diligent over what matters to my family, what matters that they're taking care of. I have to be passionate about what God wants me to do. Nothing has to be able to get in the way of that. So we have to understand God wants us focused on those things. And I know today's episode probably seemed like a rant, but I, I kind of like this approach. I, I need to organize it a bit, <laughs> but I kind of like this approach because I'm tired of just talking about, hey, who to date, who not to date, only for people to listen to the podcast and still go date that that one guy who's not in church, never going to get saved because his girlfriend already, you know? Lowered their standards. What's the point of him going to church? 
you know, so I want to talk about what God places on my heart instead. But I appreciate you guys sticking with me to the end, you know, because I'm a little all over the place. Nursing school is fun. Your boy's alive. I'm in another semester enjoying the dream. Safa as well. She's definitely going to be on the episode soon enough, but our schedules are terrible. So I appreciate you guys. Let me know in the comments if you're on YouTube, what are some things the church has failed to teach men? I'll probably do part two very next week or next week might be our guest. So just stay tuned and you'll see. Love you guys. Be blessed in Jesus name. Peace.